Lord. <laughs> Amen. What another glorious day to be able to gather together. Amen. In the Lord's house to worship together. Welcome to Pleasant Grove Assembly of God. We're glad that you're here today. We're excited to be here today. We're believing God with you today. Amen. We're believing God with you today. Whatever you have need of, He is more than enough. Come on, somebody. Yes. And He's here today. Oh, He's here today. Praise the Lord. Well, we just want to welcome everybody again. We want to uh, uh, wish you all a happy Memorial Day uh, as we just honor the men and women that have served in our in our country, in, in our armed forces that paid the ultimate price for our freedoms. That's what Memorial Day is all about tomorrow. So we just want to honor those that gave their lives uh, serving our country. You know, as I was talking with Sister Pastor Christina, and we were talking, you know, you can't hardly acknowledge and, and think about those that served that gave their lives without recognizing. I know uh, uh, that this isn't Veterans Day when we honor both the living and, and, and those that have passed, but we thank all of our, our, those that have served in our military. Amen? And we honor you today, too. Amen. Amen. Well, we're, how blessed we are to be living in a country where we can gather in the name of Jesus. Amen. In a public place. Those freedoms didn't come easy, but they were they were bought with a price. Amen. Just like Jesus Christ sets us free and he paid the ultimate price for us. He laid down his life that we can live and have eternity. Amen. His presence forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to worship God today? How many of you know He's worthy of our praise? Hallelujah. He's worthy of our highest praise. Hallelujah. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. The one who gave His life for you and for me. Hallelujah. Let our answer today to Him be yes. Let our answer be yes. He's calling today. Can you hear Him calling us to a deeper place this morning? Let our answer be yes. Because when we say yes, He says yes to your healing. Yes to your salvation. Yes to your deliverance. Yes. Yes. He's worthy Oh, let's worship Him today. Oh, let Him change you today. Let that be your prayer today. God, change me. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit, with Your power, with Your fire today, God. Oh, Oh, God, Father, we come today to do business with You, Lord. To seek Your face, Lord, with all of our heart, God. We say yes to You, Lord. Yes to Your will. Yes to Your way, Lord God. Father, as we lift our song to You, may You be glorified in this place, Lord God. For You alone are worthy to receive all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, God. We give to Jesus, the King of glory. Let's worship Him.
Father, we thank you for the great and wonderful things you've done in our lives. We thank you for the many, many, many acts of mercy and grace that you have showered upon us from way before we even knew you or sought you. You've been good to us. You've been kind. You've been full of compassion and grace. And Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord Jesus, we praise you and give you honor and glory for who you are and all that you've done. And we thank you for this rich and this great salvation you've bestowed upon us. Help us to enjoy it. Help us to employ it. Help us to forever give you praise and glory because of it. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And we love you. We praise you and honor you for every good and perfect gift. And all God's people said, let's give the Lord a hand clap. He's been good. He's been good. Oh, he's good. He's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He does what nothing else can do. Amen. 
Yeah, put aside those rivals, put aside all those false hopes and set your hope and your everything on Jesus. And he won't disappoint you. Can you say amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Well, welcome to the house of the Lord. It's so good to have everyone out this morning. Yes, children, you are. Dismiss the children's church. That's such a good looking group. Amen. There they go. Look at them all. That's all right. Sister Amy and her group, they got those kids. And if you have your Bibles, if you'd go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. We're going to spend our time talking about the power of persistent prayer. Amen? The power of persistent prayer. You talk about a memorial or a memory. If there's a memory that those Bible saints left us, it's the memory of praying through. Can you say amen? You go from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see men and women that knew how to call on God, knew how to cry out to God, knew how to stake their claim and press in until the answer came. I'll tell you that. Amen? <laughs> you just want to look back and from Genesis through, you'll see men and women, just common folk. Yeah, I mean, But they knew God and when trouble came, they knew how to seek God and lay hold of the promise of God. Oh, hallelujah. The power of persistent prayer. Luke's Gospel. Chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. These are the words of Jesus. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Isn't that nice? You don't even have to guess what the theme is, right? Jesus has said in verse 1. Remember in school, remember you have to read it. What's the theme? All right, you have to go through it. But right here, it says right here, Jesus told this parable is to show you and I that we should always pray. And don't give up, don't grow faint, don't lose heart. And then he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming. I like that. Kept coming. Somebody just keep coming. Just keep calling. Just keep believing. She kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now for some time he refused, but finally that wicked old judge, he said, you know, He said to himself, even though I don't fear God and I don't care about men, yet this widow keeps bothering me. They know how to get a hold and not let go. Amen. He says, I'm going to see that she gets justice so she won't eventually wear me out. Literally blacken my eye. She's going to give me a black eye. She's going to give me a metaphor, a black eye. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him, here's that perseverance, day and night? Will He keep putting them off? No, no, no. I tell you, He'll see they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith? On the earth. What kind of faith? Faith like this woman just bestowed, right? Faith that hangs on and doesn't give up. That's the faith God is looking for. The power of persistent prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Help me to explain it properly and encourage it effectively. And help us all to hear what your spirit is saying to us. And give us a faith that will receive and respond to the word we hear. To grow into greater depths of our walk with you and our faith in thee. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... The power of persistent prayer. Prayer is a powerful weapon that we have in our arsenal. And prayer is also a very um, 
a humble privilege that we have as children of God. As a child of God, you and I can come boldly and, and with confidence to the throne of God and call on the Lord with assurance that He hears and He answers the cries of His people. You see, prayer has the power to change individuals, families, nations. Prayer invites and uh, introduces the Almighty God into the affairs of men, into the now, into the now of our lives. And that's where I need Him. How about you? Amen? Prayer gives us strength to face the impossible place. Prayer gives us wisdom to make the difficult choice. In the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it gives us example after example of men and women who understood the power of prayer and used it to see God's will done and God's help come into their lives and into their situations. Now, the goal of this sermon is simple. I want us to know and appreciate what we have. We're not looking for something we don't have. we just got to know and appreciate what we do have as sons and daughters of God. And I hope that I can just somehow motivate some people to develop a consistent prayer life. It will make such a great difference in your life and in your family and your walk with God. Again, the Bible gives us so many examples of men and women that are just like us. Just like us. That they weren't superheroes or super saints. They were just men and women that walked with God. But they're men and women who gave themselves to call on the Lord. To cry out to God. To really seek God with all their hearts. I always think of David in Psalm 3 where he was able to say, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and He heard me. Thank God He hears us. Amen. He heard me out of His holy hill. In the Bible we see men and women who knew and experienced the power of prayer, and so can you. So can you. I want you to get that in your thinking. I want you to believe that. This is not just for super saints. This is not just for people of some degree or some ordination paper. This is for anyone who is a sincere, genuine believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. As Christians, you can know the power of prayer in your life. It's not just for a chosen few. It's not those who just have the gift of prayer. That's not in the book. It's not for those that just have a special temperament. That's not the way it's written here. But it is not just for a chosen few, but it's for whosoever that's born again that will seek the Lord and give themselves to pray and grow in their prayer life. You can have, you can have, you can have a powerful and effective prayer life. You can be an instrument that releases the will and the kingdom of God into your family, into your workplace, into your homes. Your prayers can make a difference if you pray them. If you pray them. The great hockey player Wayne Gretzky said one time, he says, you, you, um, I'm going to say it just right, you'll miss 100% of the shots you never take. you got to take them if you're going to make them. And you got to pray them if God's going to answer them. You can make, your prayers can make a difference if you pray. You can see mountains of oppositions move. You can see situations change. You can enjoy spiritual breakthroughs and and encounters and victories in the presence of God. You can see mighty answers and be um, and experience grace and power and the blessings of God to a greater dimension than you've ever dreamed if 
You learn how to give yourself faithfully and seek God and call on God and believe God. There is power in prayer for every believer and that includes you and you can become effective in your prayer life. How is it that James the fifth chapter says that the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Jesus, the, the fervent, the serious, the earnest, the I mean business prayer of any man or woman that's a Christian, that prayer avails much. Or it, it is powerful and it is effective. It accomplishes much. Let me say it with the, the ZPT. That's the Zeno paraphrase translation has power to affect things. Man, your prayers have power to affect things. Things don't have to just whatsoever will be, will be. That's not right. That's not Bible. You have power as a child of God to pray. Call on Me and I will answer thee. Seek Me. You'll find Me. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and delivered him. Your prayers bring the arm of God into the situations of men. You don't have to just accept everything. You don't just have to say, well, whatever, whatever. No, no, no. You are able to draw near to the living God and bring your needs and your burdens and your battles and call on a God that is faithful and mighty and wonderful and true. Somebody say amen. Oh, you don't got to accept that report. You don't got to lay down and die against that accusation. You can storm heaven. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You can come in the name of Jesus. You can come through the blood of the Lamb. And you can ask and you can beseech. And you can say, Father, I need an answer. Father, I could use some help here. Father, there's nothing else I can do. Help! And God, who is full of mercy and grace, God, whose heart is full of compassion toward Towards his children, he'll hear you. His arm will stretch out to you. He will work in your life. These men and women knew and experienced the power of prayer, and so can you. And so can you. These men and women of God understood not only the power of prayer, but the priority of prayer. We could talk about Abraham. We could talk about Moses. We could talk about Elijah or David. We could go to the New Testament with Paul and with Peter, with John. But let's go to the greatest example of prayer in the book, and that's the Lord Jesus. You know, Jesus is our greatest example of prayer. I mean, prayer was never an option for our Lord. It was a necessity as well as a delight. Jesus never taught if you pray. He taught when you pray. Jesus taught and modeled the priority and the importance of prayer in the life of the believer. Before the sun came up, and often throughout the night, Jesus prayed. Before making important decisions, like selecting the disciples. Before healing the sick, and then after powerful ministry times, Jesus prayed and sought the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when He was all alone, the pressure was great. The disciples slept, but the Master prayed. On the cross, when men mocked and demons jeered, and the disciples fled, the Savior, He prayed. Oh, my. If the Son of God needed to pray, what about us? We have decisions and deadlines, don't we? We have to face pressures and opposition, don't we? 
We, we have duties and tasks to carry out. We have responsibilities and not people that are, that, that need us in this life, people that are counting us. Shouldn't we also need to pray if the Son of God prayed? You know, it's never recorded that the disciples ever asked Jesus, teach us how to do miracles. Teach us how to preach. But it is recorded that they said, Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And I think, as we study the Word of God, that they learned their lesson well. For when the Bible reveals the pattern and the practice of the early church, a church that shook their world in that wicked empire of Rome, it was a praying church. They prayed individually. They prayed corporately. Prayer was not foreign. Prayer was not a fad. Prayer was the norm. Prayer was the, oh, come on, say amen with me. In the Bible, these men and women that God has gave us as examples of those that walked with Him, of those that achieved and were victorious in Him, they experienced the power of prayer and so can you. They understood the priority and the importance of prayer and we must also. But these men and women also enjoyed the privilege of prayer. Understand the privilege of prayer. Don't, don't neglect prayer, but, but enjoy it and take advantage of it. You know, the privilege of prayer is prayer itself. The privilege of prayer is prayer itself. It's not just getting answers or giving God a wish list or it's 911, a case of emergency, break glass. No, 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 no. Put away your AAA card. Prayer is communion and fellowship. Prayer is embracing God and being embraced by God. Prayer is drawing near to God and allowing God to draw near to you. It's sitting at the feet of the Almighty, offering praise and petition, receiving impartation, receiving transformation, receiving the refreshing from the wonderful presence of the Lord. It's hearing His voice. It's receiving His touch. It's offering our thanksgiving and casting our cares. It's, it's oh believer, don't neglect it. It's receiving from His hand. It's drawing near to His presence. Don't neglect such a privilege, but enjoy it and take advantage of it and develop it and go deeper. Oh, the privilege of prayer. You know, it costs God much to tear that veil and to break the barrier that separated you and I from God. It took much for the blood to be shed that we might be found acceptable through that blood to draw near to this holy, holy, holy God. But oh, now because of Jesus, now because of the wonderful sacrifice of God's Son, you and I who believe, you and I that have come to God through Christ, we can come before the throne of His grace. We now have access. Let us enter in. Let's draw near to God. Let's touch God. It's our privilege. May it forever be our practice. God desires to touch you. God invites you to draw near to Him. Oh, how Jesus said it to that one church in the Laodiceans. Revelation 3 and verse 20. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. It's a picture of Jesus outside saying, listen, I would love to come in and talk with you. I would love to come in and fellowship with you. I would love just to come down and commune with you, but you've got a part to do. I'm inviting you. I am willing. I am knocking. If anyone hears it and someone say, open the door. 
if you'll just open the door and respond to the call of the Savior, He says, I will come in and we can sup and we can talk and we can commune. You can pour out your heart and I can pour in my grace. You can cast your care and I can give you some confidence. Oh, glory be to God. Somebody say amen. Prayer is a privilege. Oh, don't just allow it to be the wish list or the 911, I'm in a jam, I guess I better pray. Oh man, that's just for sometimes. Isn't that right? How'd you like your spouse? I'm only going to talk to you when I'm in trouble. Otherwise, leave me alone. Now, that's how some people approach God. There's communion, there's fellowship, relationship. That's abiding. Come on, say amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, have mercy. The setting of our story. This would be a non-Jewish judge. It would be a Roman judge. And they would travel a circuit. And they would hear various cases. But these judges were notorious for dishonesty. For dishonesty. They were nicknamed robber judges. And it said they would pervert justice just for a good meal. Just for a good plate of pasta. I mean, they would. And because they were so corrupt, unless a person had influence or money to bribe his way to a verdict, he had no hope of getting his case settled. So this widow is going to represent the poor and the defenseless. Those without resources of any kind and no hope uh, for getting justice. She was in no position to bribe him. She had no protector to pressure the judge. She had no one to plead her cause. Aren't you glad you're not this woman? I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but listen, if you're a child of God, you're not this woman. You're not like this woman. You have an advocate, and let me tell you, he's got clout. <laughs> you, you have, oh, Jesus got some clout. Can you say amen? I said, Jesus got some clout. That name's above every name. Power in that name. Oh, that name. My Lord, have mercy. Oh, he's got clout. He's got clout to turn men's hearts and change men's minds and open men's hands. Woo! That's why it's so important to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. Oh my God, stop stewing, stop letting the blood pressure run here and there. Go ahead and draw near to that throne and have a little talk with Jesus. Amen. Because He's got some clout. Woo! Hallelujah. In the natural, we might have few resources. In the natural, maybe our influence is small and we're limited in many ways, but we have it where it really counts. We have the resources of heaven and we have the influence with the sovereign of the universe. Not bad. Amen. Not bad. Not bad from a gang from Durant. Come on, say amen. We got influence with the sovereign of the universe. Not bad. Isn't that right? Hey, hallelujah. You can come boldly. Woo. Mm. So when it seems that no one else is on your side, or no one else is willing to take up your cause. It is good to know that you do not stand alone, child of God. You have one you can appeal to. You have one you can approach with every burden, with every battle, with every need, with every decision and every deadline. Beloved, bring it to Jesus. 
Go ahead and cast that care on Him. Commit that cause to Him. Approach His throne with a boldness. And then watch the arm of the Almighty be stretched out towards you. For nothing is too hard for your God. And you are very precious to Him. Can you say amen? Go ahead and say, I'm precious. It's good to say that. You need to say that more. No, this world will tell you you're nothing. You know, the world says a lot of things and mean-spirited people, but the truth is the Bible says we're precious. Woo! Precious in His sight. Precious because of the blood. Precious! We belong to God. That's good to know, isn't it? Make you feel a little better, don't it? See, that, see, that devil's the one that's always pushing people down, but God's the glory and the lifter of our heads. You see, shame and condemnation and feeling of inferiority puts someone's head down. But when you get to know Jesus, He lifts you up. You see, you start feeling good. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Heaven is my home. God is with me. None can be against me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My sins are gone, never to be remembered again. Woo! That make me feel good. Amen. I preach to myself. Go ahead, Zaino. Preach it. Preach that thing. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. He invites us. He invites us. Look at Psalm 55. Look at this. Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Look how beautiful this verse is. I just love how it says this. And he says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. What's our part? We got to do the calling. Amen? Not the stewing. Not the fretting. Not the stressing. Not the worrying. We got to do the calling. Isn't that right? I can't call for you. You got to call for yourself now. Come on. And call upon me. In the day of trouble, and I will. Woo! He didn't say he might. He didn't say he'd think about it. He didn't say he'd see if you've been a good boy. No, no. He said, and I will deliver you, and you will honor or glorify me. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? It's Memorial Day. I'll give you an extra story. Amen. You got all Monday off. Don't worry about it. We got time, brother. We got time. This verse blesses me because if you notice, this verse has us going, guys, Jesus is up. Jesus is down. Jesus is up. What in the world? He must have already started his barbecue. Amen. Catch this verse. I'll never forget when I was in my, our mid-twenties, we were so blessed to meet a man with the Lord now. Brother George Stormont. Brother Stormont was in his 80s. He had pastored the biggest Assembly of God Church in England. He was the superintendent of England. But he was in the States traveling and to the church that, you know, I was the youth pastor, assistant pastor, gopher. So I had the blessing of picking him up, taking, being with him. But Brother Stormont was a spiritual son of Smith Wigglesworth, the great apostle of faith. In fact, he wrote one of the best books about it. And he told the story of the very first time they ever met. It was during the war in the 40s, where the rations, you couldn't drive too much, so you had to take the trains. And Brother Wigglesworth, who was early 80s at that time, was going to his church, so he was going to meet him and escort him along the train line up to where that church was. And we got on the train, and we had to make one stop. Brother Wigglesworth said there was a man in desperate need of prayer. His first time they ever met, his, his wife was dying of a cancer. And he requested prayer. And though Wigglesworth could not get to that to his place, he said if the gentleman would meet him at such and such a train stop, he'd pray for him and he could go pray for the wife. 
He said, Brother Storm, I said, the first time I ever met him. We're on the train, and finally we get to where the man is, and the man comes out, and Wigglesworth just looks at him and simply says, Jesus is up, Jesus is down, Jesus is up. Now, Brother Storm, I said, I've heard this man was eccentric. I heard this man, I mean, he'd, he'd punch people, and, you know, they'd get healed. I mean, it's just strange, but God used him to raise about 15 people from the dead, so, hey, if God's using you like that, I'm, I'm not going to be too critical on the methods of God's leading you. Amen? Uh, now, don't go hitting someone if it don't work. Amen. We don't need that. And then Wigglesworth, listen, Jesus is up, seated at the right hand of God with all power and authority. And it's by faith we bring him down. Call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. We bring him down into the situation of our life. And then the power of God works. And when the miracle comes, we praise the Lord and Jesus goes back up to God. Amen? Amen? Ah. Every time I read this verse, it reminds me, call on me, call up there, he's up there, and I will. That faith and that faithfulness to pray brings the power of God into our situation. And then when God works and we see the hand of God at work, woo, glory, we praise him, we honor him, we glorify him. Oh, Jesus is up, Jesus is down, Jesus is up, hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, in this story, Jesus gives us three contrasts, not comparisons, they're contrasts, to show us why you and I, as believers, should always pray and never give up, why we should be faithful and consistent in our prayer life. Now, the first contrast, right there in verse 1, praying versus fainting, praying versus fainting. Now, fainting, that, that, that's old King James, old King James, men ought always to pray and not faint. Now, I think, I think the New King James says lose heart. The NIV says give up. So you got the whole picture here. Now, praying versus fainting. See, prayer keeps us spiritually hydrated. We can all relate to that, all right? Spiritually hydrated. It's like drinking. One of the pictures that the Bible gives us of receiving more of the refreshing of God, the strength of God's Holy Spirit, is water. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And so as we pray, that's one. That's a, that's a, a, a picture, a word picture. We're drinking. And it's the image of, you know what? We're, we're, we can be weary in life, but prayer refreshes us just like water refreshes someone that's outside and they're working hard, you know, you're out there doing landscaping, you're out there and, and you get exhausted, you're exercising, and, and you need to receive some refreshing. You need to hydrate yourself so you don't get dehydrated, because if you get dehydrated, you will begin to feel faint. Men ought always pray and not faint. Because if I don't pray, I'm not getting spiritually hydrated. And you know when you get dehydrated, you don't think quite straight, do you? You you can't walk like you used to walk. You start to waver a little bit. When you don't pray like you ought to pray, you begin to waver a bit in your faith. You begin to waver a bit in your discernment, in your decision making. But it's amazing when you drink from that river, discernment comes and faith comes alive. And there's a new life of refreshing that comes into us. If if we don't become people of prayer, Jesus is saying, spiritual fainting, collapsing along the way, is a real possibility, is a real danger for us. He tells them this story, so men ought always to pray and not faint. Because by praying, we're receiving the refreshing of God's Spirit. We're staying strong because we're drawing near to God's presence. And that's keeping us hydrated so that we can run this race and fight this good fight. i never forget when I was in um, college, 
one of my ministry outreaches, I would go into Rochester, New York, to a teen challenge. And I never forget, um, one time when I was with the guys, uh, they, they had a motto. And the motto was, if you don't pray, you won't stay. <laughs> I mean, a teen challenge, all these drug addicts. And they come young teenagers and young 20s. They're coming for, um, to get set free and uh, to get you know, delivered and so forth. And one of their models, if you're not going to pray, you won't last. You won't overcome if you don't give yourself to faithful prayer. Never forgot that. So this is a picture of one that could lose heart in, in the battle. Of one that could get discouraged and start drifting as they break down, get weary, and they begin to collapse. Again, the NIV says giving up. We could say some start going back or giving in, um, reverting rather than advancing and overcoming. And, you know, I believe that Jesus, I believe the words that He spoke to His disciples all those years ago are the same words He would speak to you and I today. Remember just minutes before He was betrayed and He, he, was, um, he was denied and He was arrested. When He needed His men the most, He said to well, men, listen, watch and pray. Be alert and keep on praying. Because you know what? If you don't, you tend to fall into temptation and into the weariness and the weakness of the battle. And because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So pray that you stay strong. Pray that you can endure. Pray that no matter what life throws against you, it won't crush you. That you'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Jesus trying to emphasize again and again the importance of prayer. He says on one hand, if you pray, you don't have to faint. If you learn to pray and get near to God and practice drawing near to God, saying fresh and filled and strong in your spirit, you know what? You won't have to lose heart and collapse and give out along the way. Jesus, you know, He could see the future that was in front of the disciples. He knew how important it was that they practiced prayer, that they made prayer a discipline in their lives. He looked into the future just like He looks into our future. And He knew these men would be facing trials and pressures and battles that only the strength of heaven would give them what they need to stay strong and stay faithful and keep going. Can you say amen? Hey, listen, we're not here today because we've never had a battle. We're here today because the strength of God has kept us through the battle. The strength of God has enabled us to go through the battle. My Lord, where would we be if it hadn't been for the goodness of God? Where would we be if there wasn't a strength greater than our We're not here because we were so strong. We're here because greater is He that's within us than He that's in the world. Hallelujah. And we tap into that by prayer. Jesus is trying to protect us. He was trying to protect His disciples. He knew what they'd be facing when He left. He knew how important it was that they practiced prayer so they could receive that fresh drink. Uh, those electrolytes, those Holy Ghost electrolytes. Amen? Come on, the Holy Ghost electrolytes. That's it. God's got some Gatorade like you ain't never had. Amen? <laughs> oh, I mean, you can, you can get out there, be 105. You keep running that marathon when Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Jesus is trying to protect us. He's giving you and I a secret for victory. He's saying, child of God, you don't have to wilt in the heat of battle. You don't have to flee from your position of duty. But you know what? It was Coach Lombardi that said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And when people get weary, that's when they run. When people get weary, that's when they give up. Isn't that true? 
But when you're strong, you stay there and fight that good fight. When you're strong, you say, bring it on. Isn't that right? Your hand will cleave to that sword. <laughs> mm. You don't have to lose heart. For in faithful, consistent prayer, you receive and tap into the very life of God. Again, it's, it's likened unto drinking. You receive spiritual refreshing and reviving and renewing when you tap in and plug in and access that river that never, ever runs dry. Can you say amen? First contrast, praying versus fainting or losing heart or giving up. But secondly, he, he contrasts now the, the, the widow with God's elect. The widow with God's elect. Verses 2 through 5. I want us to get this. Because we are not like her, we should be encouraged to persist and expect in prayer. You see, we're not like this widow. We said that earlier. We know somebody with some clout. Amen? We, we got someone that does plead our case. We do have some place that we can go. So let's notice the differences. Are you ready? Number one, she was a stranger. We are God's children. That makes a difference, doesn't it? Isn't that true? Now, if your son walks into the house, you don't think all that much of it. If a stranger did, you're reaching for the pistol. You know it. Come on, say amen. The baseball bat, whatever your choice of, you know, um, you know, the dissuader is. Amen. She was a stranger. See, Jesus, this is not a comparison. Bring out a contrast. She was a stranger. We're sons. We're daughters. That means we have access. We have acceptance. We belong. When we approach, there's a warmth and there's a welcome. Come on, say amen. When you go to Father's house, there's a warmth and there's a welcome. Even if he's going to give you a lecture five minutes afterwards, but there is a warmth, I'm telling you. And there is a welcome when you go to your Father's house. Isn't that right? We belong if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, you better get saved before you leave. Don't pass up this opportunity to make sure you're going to heaven. We belong. The door is open. The Father is waiting. The table is set. God cares and desires the good for His children. Sonship has its privileges, don't you know? You remember that old American Express commercial? Membership has its privileges. i got news. Sonship has its privileges. Amen? And didn't Jesus say, Luke's Gospel, the 11th chapter, He said, if earthly human fathers that are kind of good and some aren't so good, but, you know, if human fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more your heavenly Father give good gifts to His kids? Amen? I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus, He could be deep if He wanted to be deep. We said that we said that last time. He could be deep. But He says, I don't even need to be deep. Just use some common sense. If earthly fathers, and some of them aren't even saved, but they still provide, they still protect. If earthly fathers give good things to their children, how much more your heavenly Father, He'll give you the Holy Ghost. He'll give you provision. Isn't that right? And then Jesus went on in Matthew's Gospel. He said, listen, if God Almighty takes care of birds, 
birds and flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more are you that were created in His image, that were redeemed by His blood? Oh, He'll meet your need. He'll make a way. You don't got to worry. You don't got to stress. You have a Father that loves you. You have a Father that watches over you. You have a Father you can appeal to. No one can help me. Uh-uh. God can help you. The Almighty can help you. Abba Father is ready and willing to come. Just cry out. Call out. Trust Him. Believe Him. And watch Him work. Someone say, watch Him work. If you've got a good father, you, you go expecting, don't you? If I hear the word, no, what, 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 I need to borrow this. I mean, I just kind of, I just say that to be polite. I just go take it if I want. You know what I mean? Shoot anyone else that comes near that garage, but I, I'm a son. I'm just saying, I'm a son. Jesus is trying to get this through their heads. They have that legalistic Pharisees. Jesus was radical. Preaching this good God. I mean, it's just amazing. We gotta understand that. We got that mind has to get renewed to the goodness of God when you're one of His. I didn't say we're perfect, I just said we're one of His. I didn't say we arrived yet, I just said we're one of His. If we gotta be perfect to be blessed, then we're all out of it. Amen. We all just wanna forget it, give up, go home, and it's over. But but that's not the case. He says, When I see the blood, when I see the blood. When I see the blood, amen. Hallelujah. His eyes on the sparrow, you know he's watching. This widow had no access, but you and I as children, we have open access into the presence, into the goodness, into the mercies of God. That's why the Bible says, let us, let us, child of God, let us, church of Jesus Christ, let us come boldly. That means confidently to the throne of grace. To get help and to get mercy, to get kindness. That's why the Spirit of the Lord, the Word of God, calls out to us this morning. It's that beautiful word, come. Come you that are weary. Come you that are hurting. Come that are burdened and confused. Come and receive from the goodness of the Lord. Come and receive from the hand of God's grace and His mercy and His love. Come without any condemnation. Come without any accusation. Come with no trepidation. Come with a confidence. Come with a certainty and knowing that your Father loves you and your Father is willing and your Father is waiting. Come and receive and receive from the presence and provision. Provision of your Father. He's willing and He's waiting for you. Can you Say amen. Somebody, God's got something for you. God's got, what do you need? God has something for you. As, your, as parents, you like giving things to your kids, don't you? Yeah, your grandkids. Don't it make you feel good giving them stuff? Hey, we're just human. Can you imagine how God must feel? Isn't that right? Think about it. I mean, it's common sense stuff, right? If we find joy in blessing ours, how much more? How much more? Oh, what a God. What a God. What a God. What a God. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, what a God we serve. What a God. What a God. What a God. Mm. She was a stranger. We're God's children. She had no one to represent her. We have Jesus as our advocate. That's why he said, when you pray, pray in my name. When you come, come in my name. Amen. 
we are represented before the throne of God by our great high priest, Jesus Christ. He represents us and makes intercession on behalf of us. We pray in His name. We come in His name and in His righteousness. His authority and His power. In that name, we have access to God. In that name, we have access to all the treasures and the riches of this salvation. Oh friend, there's something about the name of Jesus. Oh, something about that name. Demons still tremble at that name. Doors still fly open before that name. (laughs) Heaven's might and angelic help come quickly at that name. At that name. At that name. Oh, that's the name above every name. And that's the name we pray in. That's the name we come expecting in. Not because of what I've done, because of what He's done. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. I'm just a tag along. I'm with Him. Isn't that right? You know what I mean? If If I came alone, they tossed me out. But I'm with Him. I just tag along with Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. That's all. That's all. That's all. Isn't that right? Oh, it's wonderful to understand what it is to be saved. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. Hallelujah. I'm with Him. I couldn't get in a lot of places by myself, but I'm with Him. Amen? Oh, yeah. That name. Heaven's help. Angelic visitation. Oh, my Lord. Hmm. She was a stranger. And we're sons. She had no one to represent her. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. Oh, just remember that. You got Jesus. Others might not be that. You got Jesus. She had no promises. We got a book full. Woo! I'm getting blessed all by myself. Here I am, man. Man, this jacket get me. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't mind me. I was going to try to make it a little longer, but I feel better now. Go ahead and set your clock back now, brother. We got to. She had no promises. We got a book full. Think about it. She couldn't approach this mean old judge with, you said or you told me. He wouldn't give her the time of day. Have you ever been there? Mm. But we can approach a loving father. And we can remind him, Father, you said. Father, is right here and you don't lie. You promised. <laughs> you see, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of His willingness. Can I say that again? Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of His willingness. We have His Word. We understand His will and His heart. We're not arm twisters. We're just asking God to do what He said He would do. We pray with faith and assurance because we know the heart and mind of God. You see, faith begins where the will of God is known. But once you know the will of God, faith can come alive, believe and expect and hold on until an answer comes. We pray with expectation and confidence because God has revealed His heart and invited us to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Can you say amen? And see, now that's why in in certain scenarios and certain topics, that's why we pray with real expectation for certain things. 
But there are certain things this Bible is very, very clear about. The Bible tells us He'd heal us. I'm going to pray and believe for healing. He'll provide for us. I'm not going to be afraid. I know my shepherd will take care of me. That He would protect us. He's a shield and He, oh, He's a shade, a refuge and a strength. He says He'll direct us. He'll order my steps. He'll give me wisdom. He said that, did He not? So when I ask for that, I fully expect it to come and to come pretty good. Come on, say amen. He says He'll forgive us. So when I miss it, you might not, but I need this one. So when I miss it, and the devil wants to jump on me, and tell me just go, you know, find enough with a hole across the street there and dive in. You know what I mean? Just getting up. Father said, you know what? I, I know what you're made of. And I know every now and again you, you might stub your toe. So I'm going to make it so that if you'll come and confess it, I'll forgive it. And he said he'd forgive me. So even when I miss it, I'm going to go get some forgiveness. Amen? Because I want to get right. Amen. I want to stay clean. Isn't that right? See, I stay clean not because of perfection. I stay clean because of God's compassion and His willingness to forgive. But I can pray expecting that. And then I can leave feeling that clean because God said it. It's a wonderful thing. He said He'd give us peace. He'd give us rest. He'd give us strength. So again, we're not praying to overcome God's reluctance. In prayer, we're laying hold of God's willingness. How do I know what His will is? Man, you got it. That's why I give us a book. Come on, that's why I give us a book. Isn't that right? And this God will not lie. Mm. She was a stranger. You're a son. You're a daughter. She had no one to represent her. You got Jesus. Oh, ever comes a point in your life when you're all alone, you're never alone. You got Jesus. She had no promises. We got a book full. I like that. I like praying a promise. Amen? Because that old you always thinks you're not worthy. That old you says, who do you think you are? Oh, got a book. Father must have, because he said I could. Amen? She came to a court of law. We go to a throne of grace. Well, that in English, they have the word acronyms. Remember in English, acronyms? Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Woo. God's riches at Christ's expense. The acceptance, the expectation that we're welcome, that we're wanted, that the door is open and the Father is waiting, that the table has been spread. That's the throne of grace. Amen? You're a child. You're not going to no more thrones of judgment. It's the throne of grace now. Now, if you're not saved, that's a different story. Another sermon. Amen. She pled out of her poverty, we pray out of our riches in Christ. The Bible says he became poor that we might become rich. Rich in faith. Rich in this wonderful salvation. You see, your father's not stingy and your father's not cheap. He's good and he's generous. And he says, come and receive from the goodness of the Lord. Praying versus fainting. This widow versus God's children. And lastly, very quickly, that last contrast. You've got to get this one. You missed the whole message. Contrasting the judge and the father. Verses 6 through 8. The judge and the father. Unless we see this, you might leave here thinking God is someone to be argued with or bribed, but that's not what we're saying at all. This widow had to do that, but she didn't have a representative. 
this widow had to do that. She had no access. <laughs> We're not like her. We, we got, we got access. Amen. We got a representative. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and, and God the Father. He's not like some uptight judge that, you know, needs prune juice or something. Not at all. He's a good God. He's faithful God. That image that Jesus gave us is of a Father that loves His children and, and finds great joy in blessing them. God is a loving Father who attends to the cries of His children. He is concerned. He is willing. He is generous. God is generous in giving and He's ready to answer when we call. I love this verse, Romans 8 and 32. It just makes sense to me. I like verses. I like theology that, that has common sense tone to it. I don't have to study too much Greek or Hebrew to understand it. I don't have to understand a prepositional. I never did get those prepositional phrases too good. Anyway, I like when it's simple. But this one, this one's so simple, even I can get it. Let's just, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. If when you and I were ugly old sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us, how much more? Now that we're living for Him. Amen? If when I was an old rebel, He loved me so much He sent His Son, how much more now will He be good to me now that I'm at least trying to serve Him and I am one of His? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? So you think He can make He can open that door? You think he can meet that need? You think he can work in that situation? I mean, all things sound pretty good to me. Amen? <laughs> this old ugly judge in our story, it says he didn't want to get wearied. And I said earlier that literally means he didn't want his eye black. And metaphorically, he didn't want a bad... Her, his reputation. He had a good thing going for him. And if she made too much noise... The Romans might hear about it, and they don't mind. You know, they understood all that. They understand corruption. That's how things work in, in this world. But they didn't want it to get so bad that you know a riot might begin. You know, you got to uh, when you when, when you're shifty, you got to have that balance. How much shiftiness can I have? And right without being and so he, he's making too much noise. He says, "Oh, he's going to ruin a good thing. So I better take care of her and get rid of her." He didn't want to get wearied or black-eyed. He didn't want to damage or ruin his reputation. But our God answers to glorify his reputation. For our good and his glory. You know what? That's why your heavenly Father loves it when you pray. Loves it when you pray. So let's pray. In Jesus' name. Let's talk to the Father. Let's give him our burdens. Can we do that? Can we present to him our maybe you got a need? Let's give him our needs. Let's receive. Are you ready to receive? He's got refreshing to give you. Rest through that. Let, let's, let's give him some thanks. Let's do, can we do that? You got a couple of minutes? I'm early. I'm, I can go on another 20 if you don't. I mean, let's spend a little, can we spend a couple minutes and pray? Maybe you got a burden. Maybe you got a care. I know a burden bearer. And someone who said, you can cast all your cares on me. He's here. He's here. Maybe you're just a little weary and you need a drink. Amen? 
Maybe you feel a little that fainting going on. You've been fighting that good fight and life gets busy and life can get you going in a hundred different directions. And before you know it, man, I haven't eaten in a while. I haven't drank as I should be drinking. You know, you, you know what I mean? Some, those old men get out there. and What are you yelling? Make sure you drink. It's warm out there. Make sure you, Isn't that right? Come on. Yeah, you know that. I'm a preacher saying, church, make sure you drink. Because this life can drain you. These battles, right? And if we don't spend some time just saying, Father, fill me afresh. I know I've got to face that fight of faith tomorrow. And I can only do it in your strength. So would you mind? I'm going to lift my cup, Lord. Would you fill it up? Amen. We're going to pray. We're going to talk to the Lord. Now, if things aren't right, things aren't right. Don't let that keep you from praying. Make it right so you can come and really have a good prayer. Amen? Isn't that simple? Don't, don't leave if things aren't right. Make a little altar there. Get it right. Then come on and enjoy. The water's fine. Let's bring our needs to the Lord. Let's bring our needs. Let's offer our praise. And let's receive His touch. Is that it? Let's bring our needs. Let's offer our praise. Let's receive his touch. Amen. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, if you want to come to the altar, you can come. If you want to sit in your seat and worship and seek the Lord, take a couple minutes. Talk to your Father. Tell Him what you need. Present your needs. Maybe you're doing pretty good and you just want a refreshing for a new week. Amen? How about a fresh filling for a fresh week? Just lift your hands and sing along and say, Lord, fill me afresh because I want to have a new strength. Amen? Whatever you have need of. If you need special prayer, come and stand. And Pastor Todd, like I say, he got always got that oil bottle. Amen. He's got it with him all the time. He's always ready. In season and out. Isn't that right? All right. Stand with me. Stand with me. Let us pray. Let us pray and then come to the altar. Let's meet with God. Our Father says, come, 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 come. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. We come and we come with hearts that are at peace. Hearts that are not anxious at all. Hearts that are in perfect rest because we are sons and daughters. And we know you desire that we come and talk with you. and Pour out our hearts to you and bring our needs to you. We come, O oh Lord, with an expectation. But you promise that if we seek you, you'll let us find you. That if we hunger and thirst, you'll fill us and you'll satisfy us. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come, hear us, answer us, and touch us. Father, right now, in these next few minutes, I pray, hear us, answer us, touch us. Father, you know those that need a physical touch, touch them now in the name of Jesus. Let your healing begin to work and flow and be perfect. You know those that are weary and just need a new strength for a new battle. Oh God, as they look to you, fill them afresh. Let a fresh impartation come into their souls. A new strength, a new, ex- a new faith, a new courage. And Father, there will be people here today that are burdened and wearied. As they just come and give it to you, let them sense that thing rolling off their shoulders. Let them sense that boulder just rolling off and Your grace filling them afresh. Father, we love You. Hear us. Answer us. And touch us. In Jesus' name. Let's draw near to God. Let's talk to the Lord. He's here to touch you. He's here to listen. He's here to bless you.